Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs, and I pastor up here in northern Colorado. So glad to be with you on this Monday, this week of Christmas. I pray that peace is ruling in your heart, that there is truly goodwill that there is joy that uh, you are experiencing, the joy of your salvation, and that uh, you're being blessed this Christmas week. I know it's been a difficult year, a difficult season, but we have so much to be thankful for because we have hope. We have the Savior of the world that came to us 2,000 years ago, born in Bethlehem. And so I just want to welcome you to our program, Calvary Live, so glad that you can join us. Those of you who are listening on Grace FM, uh, you're listening live on this Monday before Christmas. I pray that you're well. It's uh, the first official day of winter, shortest day of the year. I can look out my window and see headlights on the cars already. And uh, I just want to encourage you in any way that I can. I want to just uh, take you to the truth of God's Word as you have questions about the Bible, or maybe you need prayer just uh, to be able to be here to uh, serve you in that way, to uh, bless you in any way, bring clarity and understanding uh, through the Scriptures. So give me a call. You just heard the number is 303-690-3000. That's the call-in number, and you can call in, grab one of those open lines. You know, this show goes by quickly. It's only an hour long, and the hour goes by quickly, and I always feel bad when we get to the end of the show and uh, we didn't get to all the callers, but uh, we have uh, only a certain amount of time. So one way for you to be able to get your questions or prayer requests in is call early in the show. Grab one of those open lines, and as soon as the phone lines start uh, coming in, we'll go to the phone calls, but there is another means for you to be able to ask a question or give a prayer request, and that's through a dedicated text line, and that is 720-336-0897, and that's a 24-hour prayer line as well. But during this hour of Calvary Live, uh, I will take those prayer requests and those questions as they come in and time permits. So, so glad, as I said, welcome those of you listening live on Grace FM along the Front Range in Colorado and up into southern Wyoming. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And then also I just want to welcome if you're listening on another Christian radio station such as Hope or uh, Truth FM, Refuge FM, if you're listening on the radio station, uh, then you're a week delayed. Uh, but many are listening online, and I want to welcome the online listeners from all across the country uh, from the South and Florida and, and Louisiana to uh, the Northeast to the West Coast, Southern California, up to Washington and throughout the Midwest. We want to welcome you, and you too can call in at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. 
We got all open lines right now. Love to talk with you, encourage you. Uh, this is your program. This is an opportunity for you as maybe you were uh, talking with uh, some friends or coworkers or family members about the Bible and a question came up. Maybe you heard a teaching. Uh, you need some clarity, your own devotions. You, you were wondering about something. You'd love to just uh, take you to the Word of God and help you with that as much as I can. And then also, uh, if you got prayer requests, maybe you need prayer this Christmas. Maybe it's just been a hard year. Maybe there's somebody on your heart that you want to pray for. 303-690-3000 is the call-in line. We got all open lines, so I'd love to talk with you. Um, this is Christmas week, and uh, as I said, I pray that you're doing well. And one of the things I was saying to my congregation and to the staff uh, last week is we really need Christmas this year more than ever. And usually Christmas is a very busy time of the year with a lot of shopping and baking and presents and maybe traveling. And this year, is it's different for many of us. Uh, maybe we're not doing the shopping that we did or have family over, uh, as many people over, whatever the case may be. Uh, pastors are trying to figure out what to do for Christmas Eve services because of COVID, and we've been dealing with this and trying to adjust uh, all year long. And uh, I just want to say that what I pray is in these times that are uncertain and as we enter into a new year, we don't know what's going to happen in 2021. I think that most of us are are, are glad 2020 is perhaps coming to an end, but may we just uh, keep our hearts and our minds on that magnificent Christmas story that's recorded for us that took place 2,000 years ago, that the creator of the universe, and it is a magnificent story, the creator of the universe came to this world, and he came for a purpose to give us hope. The Messiah, the, the Savior of the world, born in the house of bread, that's what Bethlehem means, the bread of life that came. And, and when those angels looked into the face of that baby, they must have just marveled. So wonder they broke out in praise and saying that I bring you good news, uh, great tidings of great joy that will be to all peoples. For born unto you in the city of David, a Savior, Christ the Lord. It's for all peoples. And I hope and pray that we tuck that away in our hearts and that we would share that with others. And in that time, during um, you know the time of Jesus' birth, it was uncertain times. People were afraid and the message I'm going to give for Christmas Eve is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Um, because that's the very first message of uh, that was given concerning the birth of Jesus is don't be afraid. The message that was given to Joseph when he was told to take Mary as your wife for that which is born in her is the Holy Spirit and she's going to bring forth a son and she'll call his name Jesus. You don't have to be afraid, Joseph. And Mary, too, that you're going to be carrying the Christ child. Don't be afraid, and we don't have to be afraid, uh, because Jesus Christ came to this world to take care of the greatest need, and that is sin. He will save his people from their sins. And so um, we have reason to rejoice, even though it's hard, it's difficult, the days are short. Uh, as we are officially starting winter, maybe spiritually you feel like it's winter. You feel like it's dark days right now, but the Lord is with us. And, and he is our light, and he desires to enlighten us. So give me a call. We got um, some 
couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Hey, let's encourage each other. Let's bless one another. Let's have a great show in the Lord. And uh, so grab one of those open lines. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Linda in Denver. Hi, Linda. Hey, hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, we just wanted to call in for some prayer requests, if we could. Um, sure, absolutely. We are essential workers, flight attendants, and we just want prayer that it's going to be our choice as to whether or not we get the vaccine instead of, like, a mandatory thing, because a lot of us just aren't quite comfortable yet. Yeah. And don't yeah, want to quit our I've... job, because we love it, but <laughs> we also yeah. don't want to be forced to do that until... Yeah, you know, we have and, a little more information you know, and stuff on it. Right. So, yeah, yeah, if you could help us with that, absolutely. be great. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've been getting emails. I get emails from um, from peace officers, you know, cops that are on yeah. front lines, even nurses, that they're just, they want more information. And, and, uh, and we're just praying. We're just praying that uh, time will be given for that. And, um, yeah. you know, People are asking about the vaccine. Should I take it? And, you know, I'm not a doctor, but to talk to the right. doctors and to see and do the research. And and um, and I think that um, a lot of people want to make a wise choice in that. So, Father, I just pray for for Linda and as she's on the front line. And I thank you for those who are on the front lines, the essential workers, whether they're nurses and flight attendants, whether they're in the grocery stores, working in nursing homes, our first responders. Uh, Lord, uh, they have very bravely and courageously have been working through this pandemic. But Lord, as the vaccine comes out, there's questions and there's concerns. And I just pray that they would be able to make a wise choice, have peace that rules in their hearts, to be able to ask the questions, have the time to do that. Um, And I just pray that for those uh, who really uh, want that and um, who need that and uh, want to move forward in wisdom, talking to their doctors, and and uh, because this is so new. So I just pray for that, and I just pray that they would have the time to do that, um, to not be rushed into a decision or forced into a decision, but, Lord, to be able to give it freely. And, Lord, I just pray that you be with Linda, all those who are wondering and, and uh, just wrestling with this, that you give them clarity, you give them understanding, and give them a peace that rules in their hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you so much for that. Yeah, we had a military man last night that I spoke with, and it's mandatory for them. And they haven't decided mm. at our airline yet whether or not it's going to yeah. be a mandatory thing. So, yeah, we would just like more time and a choice. So yeah, I do absolutely. appreciate the prayer. Love the show. Whenever I'm not flying, I'm listening. So thank you for what you do. And also, the hey, Star of Bethlehem at sunset tonight, if you get a good view out your window, I heard you say you can see traffic lights, so try to catch yeah. that if you can, too. Absolutely. I was going to mention that. So, hey, Linda, oh, you have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, that's Merry good. Christmas I'm glad you reminded too. me. <laughs> so, But you have a Merry Christmas, okay? You too. Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. And that's one of the big things people are asking about. Should we get the vaccine and stuff? And that's a discussion between you and your doctor and and people wanting more information. And I think it's wise to do that. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the medical 
research teams and uh, absolutely um, uh, the hard work they did in, in producing a vaccine, but people got questions and and uh, I pray that we can have the time to be able to answer those and um, thankful that um, you know for modern technology and and all of that. So it just all plays together and in, in the balance of it all and and uh, just praying that the Lord will show you and guide you as you pray about these things. You know, as Linda asked for um, prayer, and then she mentioned the uh, Christmas star today, as a lot of you know, that uh, after sunset, which is not far away, uh, that there is the um, Christmas star. We'll talk a little bit more about it. That's what they're calling it. And some people wonder what the star of Bethlehem was about, and maybe we'll talk about it as we have a little bit more time. But I do want to invite you to call in at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number for prayer requests and for questions uh, concerning the scriptures um, or questions that are on your heart. And the text line is 720-336-0897. So we got two open lines. Grab one of those open lines. Let's go to Michael in Fort Collins. Hi, Michael. Hello, Pastor. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am well, thank you. Uh, two a uh, question on two different books that I've been carrying around forever, and uh-huh. I really don't know where how I got them. They just kind of showed up. Uh, one is called the Story, and it is printed by uh, Zandervan. Uh huh published by Zandervan, and what it is basically is it doesn't go book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, but it is just kind of like a free-flowing story, and uh, with a foreword by Max Licato and Randy Frazzi. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering if you've ever heard of that book. No, I, I haven't heard of it. I, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. I haven't looked at it. Okay. So uh, the other one is called You Shall Receive Power, Receiving the Presence of the Holy Spirit into Your Life by Derek Prince. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't read any of those books. It's hard for me to comment on those books. You know, there's just a lot of books that are out there. Um, Max Licato, um, I uh, think he's a great author, and uh, we have some of his books that are in our bookstore. Um, we don't have Derek Prince in there. Um, uh, I haven't read any of his books. But here, here's the thing, Michael, to, to remember, that books are fine. I'm not against books. There are certain authors that I have that I feel very safe. We have a bookstore here at Calvary Greeley, and, um, you know, good biblical writers. But any book that we read, we need to filter it through the Word of God always. And there are books that are out there that are bestsellers. That doesn't matter uh, if they're on the you know New York bestsellers list. But everything that we read about, especially when it talks about the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit, any subject, that we need to filter it through the Word of God. John would come along and say, make sure that you test the spirits. And the Word of God is our final authority. So I always encourage people when you read, and when I read a book, I, I slowly read it um, that I always check it out, see if it lines up with what the Word of God has to say, uh, because there are books out there that are very popular um, that I, I 
you know, hear about them. I, I've looked at them. And again, I, I can't read all these books that are out there, um, but totally um, that they mislead Christians, you know, prosperity, gospel books, things like that. You just got to filter it through the Word of God. I'll, I'll, I'll keep reading my Bible daily. <laughs> you know, and that's what you do, Michael. And, you know, I, I'm not familiar with these books. Um, I, um, you know, but, you know, usually there's certain authors that you can really trust and uh, really bank on. And then others, because there's so many authors and books that are out there. But that's the key for any of us, whether we listen to a Bible teacher, Bible study, read a book. Um, whatever the case may be, is we always filter it through the Word of God. Okay, thank you so much. Hey, Michael, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. And you have a Merry Christmas, okay? Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, praise God. Thanks. Yes, absolutely. Bye. Bye-bye. 8303-690-3000 is the number to call. A lot of books out there and things like that. I, I don't read uh, a ton of books, uh, usually in commentaries and apologetic books or end-time books, things like that. That's kind of my subject. and and uh, But always filter things through the Word of God in what you're reading and stuff. Do a little research on them. There's some very good authors out there, and there's some authors out there that will appeal to your flesh. To You know, it sounds good. It appeals to the flesh, but maybe not line up with what the Word of God really has to say. So uh, always want to watch that. I've uh, got a, an open line. Let's go to Noah in Parker. Hi, Noah. Hi, how are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So my question for you is, I was wondering if you could give some insight on what the Bible says about the family structure once you're married. So like mm-hmm. the Bible says that you'd leave your father and mother and be joined to your wife. And so what should your relationship look like to your parents after you're married? Yeah, and that's a good question. And that's something uh, over the years doing premarital counseling that we do discuss. Matter of fact, one of the first questions that I ask, uh, particularly a young married couple, but all you know, couples that want to get married, I ask them, what is the definition of marriage? And you just gave it to us, Noah, that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So there's a couple things in there. That is everything that um, in your role as a husband or your role as a wife, everything that you do, everything that you say, Every decision that you make affects the other one because you're one. But there is a leaving. There is a leaving and there is a cleaving. So there's a leaving mom and dad. It doesn't mean that they're not a part of your life. It doesn't mean that you don't honor mom and dad, that that stops. It doesn't mean that they don't play an important role, perhaps in um, the family structure is you have children as grandparents to help leave a godly legacy, but there is a leaving. And as a husband and wife, being one flesh, that is the priority for any husband and any wife. What can happen sometimes is is that in-laws or parents can try to dictate a married couple, begin to, um, you know, really influence. They, we talk about if you get in an argument, are you going to run home to mom, you know, um, where you're living in the basement of mom. There is a leaving that is there. And you are a family when you get married. It's not you're a family 
when you have children, you're a family when you get married. So there is a leaving that is responsibilities, you're adults, um, you're going to make decisions. One of the things is I have four grown children, one of them is married, and we told them, for example, at Christmas time, uh, holidays, you're going to make a decision on how you celebrate Christmas, who you're going to spend time with, how you're going to divide that time up with you know, her family and then our family, all those things, they have to decide. We're not going to try to manipulate. We're not going to give you ultimatums. We're not going to do all those things. So I think that's what um, we need to remember. As a married couple, you are a family. There is a leaving that is there. There is still honoring mom and dad. You're still ministering to them. That ministry changes as they become elderly. You know, sometimes we have to help them out more. Um, but the dynamics are there to where you're a family, you're one, and and um, there is a leaving of mom and dad. Okay. So I'm asking because my sister got married a couple of years ago, and right after they got married, she kind of sort of disowned our family to an extent. I think they thought that my parents were being too controlling of them uh, when mm-hmm. they were getting ready to get married, and they say that just like they can't trust them anymore, and so they decided that, they weren't going to have any communications with them until right. they like do some stuff. Like they wanted my mom to like go to counseling or something like that. And then they had to prove that she could go to counsel, that she'd gone to counseling and shown improvement, even though no one else yeah. who knows her thinks that she has any problems. And so there's a lot of drama involved, but yeah, unfortunately there can be. And that's the other side of the spectrum. You know, I've talked with couples and you know, every couple is different. And and we talk about family dynamics. We talk about parents, how you know um, the relationship that is there, trying to help them through all of that. And there are some that get married, and then one of them wants to pull the the other one away completely from their family. And um, family is important. Um, you know, your family grows when you do get married, and even though there is a leaving. I don't think there needs to be an absence from that or pulling away or we're not going to, you know, be a part of your lives. And there can be drama and stuff that needs to be worked out and stuff. But, you know, that's all. Every case is different. Every marriage is different. Every family is different. We all have family stuff. But I think it's looking at it and you can continue on the relationships, you know, just a few minutes here on the radio. Of course, we can't cover it all. But how it is that we communicate relationship with families, forgiveness, restoration, all those things are all a part of the family dynamics. But family is very important, and relationships with that family need to be healthy, and how to know biblically how to have that healthy relationships is important. Mm-hmm. Okay. I pray that I pray that it can, you know— um, you know, without knowing, you know, all the stuff going on, but to really seek the Lord. Uh, family, the, the, here's the thing to remember. The Lord constructed the family. He's the one that, that uh, put the family unit together, and and then family needs to be important, but every family is different. And um, so uh, there's a lot of things that can be involved, and so um, I think it's important to get godly wisdom and direction in family dynamics. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Figs. I appreciate your help. 
You bet, Noah. Hey, God bless you. You too. You have a good day. You too. Merry Christmas. 303-690-3000. Every family's different and family dynamics. And um, I think that uh, sorting through a lot of family things uh, takes time and situations and circumstances can be very complicated. Um, but um, God wants to have family be close and restore and bring forgiveness and all those things that he desires to work. We need to remember that. Hey, we got, um, I think, an open line, but we're going to continue with the phone calls. And 303-690-3000, got plenty of time in the show for you to call in. The text line is 720-336-0897. We're going to go down to Denver, where Bill has been waiting. Hi, Bill. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for holding. Of course, of course. Hey, I need your opinion, Pastor. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, here's my problem. Um, and it's not necessarily my problem, but I'm kind of backed into a corner here. I'm a very strong Christian man, a follower of Jesus. Um, my wife is as well. Now, we've got a niece, my wife's sister, who her and her husband continuing to live together, but they do not consider themselves married anymore. They've got one child. They have not been divorced. Now, they both have been dating people, living under the same roof, and it's an understanding between them, and they're fine with it. Here's the problem. My niece wants to bring her boyfriend to a family function for Christmas, and not the husband, and they're not divorced, and I am really struggling with dealing with that and not speak the truth about what they're doing, how wrong it is on the level of fornication and that sort of thing. And my wife has asked me not to speak out about it. She's practically pleading with me, but I I have a very difficult time not bringing into light what they're doing as a Christian man, and I just am struggling with this, and I don't know how to go forward. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, that a lot of, not the exact situation that you're facing, but a lot of Christian families face, you know, um, somebody in the family's living with somebody, or, um, you know, a relationship in a homosexual relationship, whatever that is, you know, um, you know, coming over and, you know, we want to stay at the house. All these things that we are faced with as Christians now that really um, bring, you know, challenges. And we want to love family. We want to be with them. We want to minister to them. But also we know that we want to stand for righteousness. And I think that's the struggle that you have, um, Bill. And, um, you know, to, to... you know, be married and then you're dating somebody else is, um, you know, and I'm going to bring my, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Um, you look at that and say, well, this isn't right. But um, where you got to do, Bill, you and your wife have got to pray about what are we comfortable with? Because your home is a sanctuary. You want to have those relationships to be able to speak honestly with them. But how far that's going to go the atmosphere that you set out for that to happen, that's got to be your decision. Because I think what I hear in your voice is that you do want to speak truth into their lives. And and I think that that would be helpful. 
to speak the truth in love, as Paul writes in the book of Ephesians. Is this the right, um, you know, setting for that at Christmas time? You know, how do you do that? Um, and that's something that you got to have a long discussion in. But, you know, that's what we are all dealing with, with when it comes to friends, when it comes to coworkers, when it comes to family. We want to be able to speak into their lives. We want to be able to stand for righteousness. And, um, and I think that's important. So, you know, um, that's, that's where we're at. And I want you to hang on, Bill. You hear the okay. music. Kind of snuck up on me. And then we'll pick it up after the break. Hey, we'll be right back. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, you just heard the two numbers, how you can be a part of the show, the call-in number 303-690-3000. Love for you to be able to call in. And I believe we have full lines, but when we get done with the call, then the line opens up. So uh, keep that in mind. Text number is 720-336-0897. Just a quick announcement that uh, be praying about who you might bring to Christmas Eve service. And uh, as your church is maneuvering through that and figuring that all out and uh, how that you can do it to where they feel safe and comfortable. But we want to share the gospel with others. We want to share why Jesus Christ came to this world we're actually going to do something different this year. Here in Greeley, we got a backyard. We're going to do a noon Christmas Eve service so people can spread out, invite their friends, bring the kids. Uh, we just feel good, and people are actually excited about it. So noon here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I'm going to be doing the message, Don't Be Afraid. And then a week later, New Year's Eve, online, I'll be doing a prophecy update, 7 o'clock, calvarychapelgreeley.org. And they, I'm entitling that message, Don't Be Troubled. And uh, we're going to give a prophecy update. We're going to be looking at Scripture, what it is that we should be looking for as we enter into 2021. Very important message. So I uh, just want to pass those things along. Sunday mornings, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. Check out everything on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org. But we got full lines, so I want to get back to Bill. Bill, are you still there? I am still here. Yeah, and so, Bill, you know, at the function that you're going to, with family and everything, you know, you you really need to decide, is that the place, or at least to be able to say, I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to talk to you sometime, take you to some coffee, you know, um, be able to, you know, because I care for you, your family, and uh, and I believe God will guide you uh, as you do do that. Okay. And then can I ask your opinion on one last thing, Pastor? Sure. So my wife and I, we have two granddaughters, ages two and four. Now, I've been running into an issue with my wife when I would tell my my granddaughter to do something. Now, she's extremely heavy on the side of spoiling them. I'm more conservative and want them to listen and 
that sort of thing. So if I were to say something to the child, which I have a couple of times, my wife kind of overrides me in front of them and undermines me. And I was wondering if there's a scripture you could give me that I could point out to my wife how important it is to not only a child should listen to what you're saying, but not undermine your husband when he first speaks out about something being wrong and reprimanding well, the child. Yeah, and and I think that um, in that, when it comes to discipline, and you can read the book of Proverbs, it talks a lot about uh, disciplining. It talks a lot about um, you know how we should uh, raise a child, um, you know, discipline them. The, the Lord does that for us. What I always tell parents or grandparents, in this case, is you have the grandkids over, that you need to be on the same page. You need to be on the same page when it comes to discipline. And it creates a problem when one is undermining the other one. And, you know, with you, um, you being, you know, the head of the wife, the head of the house, um, doesn't mean that you're all dictatorial and everything, but... Um, it's, it's something that you guys need to just out of respect. The Bible says the role of the wife is to respect the husband and, um, and you as a husband to live with her in an understanding way. The things that are important to her need to be important to you. So there is, you know, submitting to one another in the fear of God, wife submitting to their husbands, but you need to have that discussion. And, and then it's like, okay, just as a dad, Really, the role of disciplining is, you know, the fathers to take the lead in that. That doesn't mean that the wife or the mom doesn't have any responsibilities in that, but we know from Ephesians that Paul, he addresses uh, the husbands, uh, the fathers. He says that children, obey your parents in the Lord, that's mom and dad, honor your father and mother, that it may be well. And then he says, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So we're told as as dads um, and grandfathers, you know, we are going to take the lead in that. But I think it's just a simple matter of as we are training our children and grandchildren, because I pray that I have grandchildren someday, because I want to be a part of their lives. I want to leave a godly legacy and inheritance to them. But when it comes to discipline, um, you got to be on the same page, and um, it sends a mixed signal. And what happens is that two-year-old um, that you have daughtered kids are smart, and the four-year-old will start to, you know, divide and conquer. And uh, we're going to go to grandma, who's more lenient, and uh, side with her. So you don't want that to happen. Well, to where you're exactly de- what is happening, and I don't. And I've taught. To my wife about it, but I don't know how to make her stop doing it. And I didn't know if there was specific scripture that, because she reads the Bible, but specific scripture that I could give to her to show her how important it is to say and to stand by and be be on top of this together and be unified. Because the child, the children are very intelligent. They'll they'll figure it out that well. We'll just go to grandma. If grandpa won't give it to us, and that's wrong. Right. And, you know, I think it's important that you guys sit down and talk about that and read, you know, what it says there in um, Ephesians chapter 5, the role of husbands and wife. And then into chapter 6, Paul's addressing the family. 
He's addressing the relationship between parents and children, husbands and wives, between servants and bond servants, and that it shows that fathers that you are to train your children, take the lead in that, and um, and for her to respect her husband is interesting. That the Bible doesn't say that the wife to love the husband. I think that's a given, but to respect him and and when you undermine. You know, there is that respect that's being challenged and to also, um, you know, look for, uh, you know, to be able to come to that clarity and understanding. When there's clarity and understanding, it doesn't always mean that there's agreement. And to and I think it's something that you guys can talk and pray through and and look at. But um, that, you know, it's important because, you know, this is how the Lord can drive a wedge between you two is something like that, and he loves to do that. And um, so, you know, um, just be looking at those verses, Colossians, the prison epistles, Paul's writing about the, the role of husbands and wives and and the important role that you have with one another and with children, the Christian home, uh, wives submit to your own husband as to the Lord, uh, children obey your parents in all things, this is well-pleasing, Fathers, don't provoke your children lest they become discouraged. You know, these are simple, simple commandments that are given. But sometimes we have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, work it out in our lives, work it out in our marriage, work it out in uh, our, um, you know, family. Because the Lord doesn't say, here's step one, step two, step three, step four. That's what we would like, but he gives some simple commands. So um, love to pray with you that the Lord will work this all out. Okay. All right, Pastor. I really appreciate um, your guidance here. And if you would pray, if we could pray, that I would really be grateful. Yeah. Father, I pray for Bill and his wife. They they have grandchildren. What a blessing. They are a blessing, and they want to be a part of you know, their lives. And when it comes to disciplining and, and children, when they're small, they need that, that they would come to agreement, be on the same page, um, that there wouldn't be— um, uh, any kind of undermining, even if it's in t- not intentional, but um, to just be able to uh, to come together and in agreement. And um, Lord, I just pray that you would bring that. Do you help Bill talk to his wife about that? And it's important. And uh, that uh, as the head of his wife, as the head of his home, um, as he is there, um, that you would just uh, help him to do that. And that you would just be with uh, his wife, and she would humble her heart, and she would uh, hear, and Lord, uh, she would come to uh, understanding and agreement. They they just would come together on this in one accord, one spirit, and one heart. Lord, I pray you bless Bill, bless his family, bless his grandchildren in every way this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I hope you have a really blessed Christmas. You too. God bless you. Thanks right, for take calling. Care. You bet. 303-690-3000, somebody hangs up. You know, a lot of times it's, you know, family matters and these things. It's really sitting down and seeking the Lord on it together. Let's pray together. Let's look for Scripture and let's talk about it. And then humbling our hearts and submitting to one another in the fear of God. You know, Lord, what is it that you say? And we want to please you with everything. Hey, let's go to uh, Janelle in Colorado Springs. Janelle? Hi, Pastor. Good afternoon. How are you? 
I'm blessed. I have a a quick praise report, and I have just a quick question. My praise report is that after my husband died this year, I went into a very, very deep depression, and all I wanted to do was die. I didn't want to commit suicide, but I just wanted the Lord to take me. I even set a date in my head and said, Lord, please take me by this date. And obviously, he didn't do it. And um, (laughs) I just praise God because a friend of mine prayed with me, and she said, this is really the oppression of the enemy. It's heavier than grief. And she prayed. And the, the heavy, heavy, unbearable part of it lifted. And I'm working on a book now, and um, God is giving me guidance. I'm going to be moving pretty soon and taking okay. a Good. friend of mine with me. And I just, I I praise God that um, for his leading and his guidance, every time we trust him, he will lead us out of the pit. And yeah. I, just, I just praise him for that with yeah. all my heart. And my question yeah. is... Um, about the New King James translation version of the Bible was that it, is it just that they updated the words from the old King James that were kind of out of date, or are those words actually a translation from the manuscripts? What did it? What happened? How did they arrive at that translation? Well, I I think that the New King James. What I know, and I'm not a expert in you know all the translations and everything um it how it updated the archaic language of the king james while maintaining much of its you know beauty and eloquence and it is a word for word translation um so that was part of the new king james i used the new king james i've been teaching out of it for uh, 25 years, uh, and there's some good translations that are at, out there. The King James, I believe, is a good translation. It's the New King James, uh, commissioned um, in 1975, and uh, 130 respected Bible scholars, church leaders, lay Christians worked uh, for a number of years to create a completely new modern translation of Scripture. Um, but in that, they wanted to retain the accuracy, the purity, the stylistic beauty. Uh, you know, um, th- sometimes we have more modern translations like the New Living Translation, um, the English Standard Version, those things, because language, it, young people particularly can understand it. Reading the King James or the New King James for years, there's kind of a beauty that's there. Um, a stylistic beauty that's there that I really enjoy. And in my mind, I got to memorize. So, you know, everything's different. But the New King James, that was the, the uh, you know, it's a good translation. That was uh, why it was created, uh, to make it a little bit more easier to understand, more modern um, than the old King James with the thousand of these and all of that. Okay. Thank you. You did a an awesome job answering my question. I just, um, I'm totally blind, so I can't look at the four words and all that mm. and read and see what they did and what they didn't do. And so I was just curious for someone's yeah. 
opinion because I have an opportunity to get um, Bibles for myself um, on a, like it's a, I guess it's an electronic Bible. Uh-huh, and yeah. you can put different translations on it. So yeah, I was yeah. wondering if that was a good one. So it must be. And yeah. And you know, what I like to do is, you know, like I got Bible gateway. That's one program that I have. Sometimes uh, I, I like to look at some of the other translations and to see how they read. Uh, but uh, I got the new King James just imprinted in my mind and on my heart. That's, that's how I memorize scripture and when you've been pastoring the church for as long as I have here at Calvary Greeley, um, you know, you have hundreds of people uh, that have a new King James. And uh, so, uh, but, you know, like the youth group, they they have new living translation. They The kids have an easier time reading that. But the new King James is, um, you know, I even love the King James. Um, Pastor Chuck used to teach in the King James. And um, I just, I love the beauty of it, the style of it. I don't, you know, uh, always understand it, need a little help. But um, anyway, they're they're good translations. Awesome. I sure appreciate it, Pastor. <laughs> hey, Janelle, just, I'm, glad, I, I'm, I'm glad that the Lord ministered to your heart. And, you know, we go through seasons spiritually, where we get down and discouraged. And, you know, David wrote a lot about that in the Psalms. And uh, and just anyone out there that maybe perhaps was feeling a little bit or is feeling a little bit like Janelle, you know, read those Psalms. But the Lord is faithful to minister to our hearts, and the, He's the lifter of our heads. And I appreciate your, your testimony on that. Yeah, I just wanted to encourage people, because it's so easy this time of year to get into a pit of some kind and but just let God bring you out. Yeah, yeah. Anything else, Janelle? Nope, that takes care of it for me. Just pray for our move that it works out well. I've requested prayer on here for it before and but I just I want the Lord to just work out the details in his timing because my friend that's going with me is pretty ill. Yeah. be able to get her there in a timely way. Um, she's moving with me, and she wants to be with me, and, and I want to help take care of her. And so um, I'm just praying that the Lord works out her end of it, because she seems to think she wants to take a lot longer to get ready than I feel like the Lord wants her to take. Father, I just pray for Janelle. I thank you for her call and how you minister to her heart, and I pray that um, you just continue to just comfort her, to bless her. And in this move, Lord, that uh, you would just put everything in place. It would go well, it'd be provided for uh, at the right timing. Um, and Lord, we just pray that they would be able to move forward in, in blessing and in provision um, as you just work in their lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You have a wonderfully blessed Christmas, Pastor, and you're in my prayers. Thank you. I appreciate that. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and I believe we have some open lines. I need to kind of check out my screen here and see who is next. I know that, and hopefully I say this right, uh, Mira and Greeley. 
Yes, Mira it is. Good job. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. Good evening. Um, I have a question. So I was okay. studying the Bible this morning, and, you know, I was like, well, angels kind of popped into my head. You know, it's uh-huh. the season, learn about angels. Um, growing up, I grew up in a Christian church. I still practice being Christian, um, but mm-hmm. I always understood guardian angels were something that guarded, you know, children growing up and things. And my question to you after doing my study this morning is, are guardian angels actually a thing? I know angels are, but are guardian angels? Yeah, Yeah. and that's a good question, you know. And people ask, do Christians have a single guardian angel, you know, that that is signed to them, that stays with them? And there's a couple passages that kind of give a little bit of hint on that. Matthew chapter 18, you kind of touched on this already, that Jesus said, see that you don't despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So that's an interesting verse. Also, you can go to Acts chapter 12. Uh, we see that Peter, he was thrown in prison. They were going to execute Peter, and the Christians are praying for him. And they're in this room, they're praying. All of a sudden there's this knock on the door, and a young lady named Rhoda goes, uh, to the door, and there's Peter knocking on the door, and uh, she recognizes his voice. She goes back to the group and says, I think it's Peter out there. Uh, and they said, ah, you're beside yourself, Rhoda. It's just his angel. So they were very aware of angels. And I think about if I was in my house, and I was praying for somebody, and all of a sudden, you know, they um, somebody came and said, you know, there are angels out there. You better believe we go check it out. You know, they said, oh, it says angels. They go back to praying and no big deal. I think the early church was very aware of angels. Um, so those are two verses that Peter, it says, it's just his angel. Do we have a guardian angel? I don't know. But angels are ministering spirits. Uh, we know. We know they're all around us. Uh, we also give indication that they'll be used in the final harvest. Uh, you mm-hmm. see Jesus mentions that. Um, they also, in the uh, story of Lazarus, in Luke chapter 16, that it says the angels carried Lazarus to paradise. So I think angels are more around than we think. Also, that in the book of Revelation, in chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation, to the messengers, or angelo is the uh, Greek word. Is it an angel that's assigned to every church? To the messenger, to the angelo of the church of Ephesus, Sardis. Yeah, well, there's only one archangel, Michael the, definite article, um, you know, archangel. But there's different classes of angels, seraphims, uh, cherubims, there's regular angels, there's powerful angels. You go through the book of Revelation, there's all kinds of angels. Michael the archangel, you got uh, Gabriel, who is in charge at Christmas time for the announcement of the you know Messiah coming. You see that in the book of Daniel, when he gives that prophecy to Daniel concerning coming of Messiah. Um, I believe it is Gabriel that came to Mary that's mentioned. I think Gabriel came to Matthew, and Gabriel's the one that gave the announcement to the shepherds. 
So you, you have you have angels. They're very real. They're all around us. They're ministering spirits. Do does every Christian have a guardian angel? Um, could be because they said that's just as angel. Uh, it is Paul when he was writing to the Corinthian church about order in the church. He says, "Be careful, order, because the angels are watching." But here's the thing to remember: always remember that the Lord is ultimately our guardian. The Lord is ultimately our protector. Um, I don't know exactly angels. You know, uh, they they minister. They're real. Matter of fact, there's an interesting verse in the book of Hebrews that tells us, don't forget to entertain strangers, for in doing so, some have entertained angels unknowingly. So perhaps that stranger that you sat next to in church, maybe uh, Mara, maybe it was an angel. Probably not, but, you know, it's interesting what the Bible has to say. So they're around, and whether we got a guardian angel, the Bible gives hints of that. Um from Jesus and from from the book of Acts. Recently from a friend who's studying to become a pastor, um, which kind of blew my mind was growing up, I always thought, you know, like you hear, oh, your grandpa passed. Well, now he's so-and-so's guardian angel. Well, that's not the case. Like humans don't become angels, do they? No, no. no. Here's Jesus specifically said that. Um, he... he you know, people say, well, God needed another angel. We don't become angels. Matter of fact, we are going to judge the angels, uh, is what Paul says. In the millennium reign, we're going to be uh, ru- uh, ruling and reigning with Christ. And somehow, when he, Paul says that we're going to be judging angels, it isn't like we're going to judge them in a sense, you know, we're judged. We're going to be using angels, telling angels, go do this, go do that. Perhaps that's what Paul is meaning. But angels aren't redeemed like we are. Jesus died for humankind. Um, He died for humans, not for angels. So angels aren't redeemed, and we don't become angels. Um, Jesus would tell of a, uh, you know, the Sadducees came and asked him a question about uh, marriage and, you know, will you be given to marriage uh, in heaven? He said, no, you're not going to be given to marriage, but you'll be like the angels. He didn't say you will be an angel, you'll be like the angels. And I think that's where people get confused. Angels aren't married. Angels don't produce kids. We're not going to be doing that in heaven. And that's why, you know, Jesus said, you'll be like the angels. Not that you're going to be an angel, but you'll be like the angels, not given to marriage. He defines it. Wow. Thanks for all your help. This has been really eye-opening and just so um, timely with the with the holiday season, so I thank you. You're welcome, and you have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too, Pastor. Yeah. God bless you. Hey, we got a quick, quick Christopher and Aurora. Hey, Christopher. Thanks for holding. You there? Uh, I think Christopher, I think I I think you're trying to say something. Okay. Christopher had a question. He's gone. Sorry Christopher, we only got a couple minutes. He's asking did Satan really know what was happening when the crucifixion was taking place? And um so um maybe he was thinking winning when he was really losing. 
uh, there is a scripture I have to find it talks about if you know um, Satan really knew what was going on, then he wouldn't have crucified he he um, uh, and I'd have to find that and research that so Christopher, I invite you I'm going to look that up and give me a call give me a call tomorrow and um, you know uh, and I'd love to talk to you about that and look that pretty carefully but I got to think about that on the top of my head and find that verse where I believe it is, but we don't have time, and that's the problem. So, hey, thank you, everybody has called in. There is tonight, real quick, there is uh, Saturn and Jupiter that are going to line up, so it's kind of cool. I think you can probably see it now here in Colorado, right after sunset in the southwest uh, sky. Uh, they call it the Christmas star, um, and I, I, you know, and, and it's just interesting, but it does remind me of what we read in Matthew, that the the Magi came to worship the king as they followed the star in the east. And I believe that was a supernatural star that was there that led them to the house where the child Jesus was to worship him. And that's what I want to encourage you, that you worship the Lord this year, and uh, you worship him, and you are wise when you do that. And uh, we got so much to be grateful for. So uh, go to Christmas Eve service. We need to be in church do it safely, invite somebody, tell them why Jesus came, worship him. We're so blessed. Looking forward to being with you tomorrow. So glad for everybody who's called in. Appreciate all the the uh, participants in today's show. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. Have a great evening. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.